and welcome to the very 172nd episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, a podcast all about board games, board games, and my friend, Quentin Smith. It's a podcast about me! I'm Quentin Smith. All about you! But also, in a lesser way, about uh, Tom Brewster, who is on the podcast with me. That was like a, a re- like a reverse, an Uno reverse card of a podcast intro. Yeah. Here's Quint, and then you threw it back to me, and now everyone's clued up on who we are and what we're doing. I get really concerned if people don't know uh, our names on the podcast. Uh, I also get concerned if people don't know other people's names at parties. Uh, my friends routinely make fun of me because I'll be like, Alan, do do you know Sarah? Yeah, this is my friend Sarah. And then Sarah will be like, I've met Alan four times. That happens in my life constantly. Uh, but not this week. This week's been pretty good. How's, how's your week been? This is a podcast about board games, by the way. <laughs> in terms of getting people's names wrong. I mean, I had a event recently where I just, all the names were introed at the start and I didn't know anyone's name for the entire rest of the event. And, and that was fine. How do you that style okay. that out? You just don't see people's names. You just say the word no. you. And then. Yeah, yeah, I just pointed and said, you there. It was fine. That's good. Uh, Tom and I have established ourselves as deeply mediocre individuals in this podcast in turn. But on this podcast, we are going to be talking about the very best people in human history. That's because we're going to be talking about uh, Unmatched, a game series, a collectible game series in which you can buy boxes full of the greatest asterisk. Uh, warriors in 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 myth and legend. Warriors asterisk as well. Yeah, yeah. Greatest asterisk warriors asterisk in in, <laughs> in human myth and legend. And you battle. Um, I have done a video review of uh, Unmatched a few years ago. But the thing about Unmatched is they keep releasing expansions with new heroes, new characters. And we thought because we're sat on like four boxes and there's like fifteen more boxes coming in the next few years. Um, we thought we'd do a little recap on what is Unmatched, how's it doing, and maybe kind of revisiting my review a little bit. We're checking in on Unmatched. We're opening the door, seeing what's been cooking in there. It's sort of been fermenting quietly in a little jar this whole time. There's a sort of potion in there that's been bubbling and brewing and growing, and now we're cracking open that lid and having a big old huff. On this podcast, we're here to definitively answer the question, is Unmatched okay? Like, emotionally. Uh, like, what, what, what's going on with Unmatched? Because I've written this down. So when I did the video review that you'll find on YouTube, if you search for Shut Up and Sit Down and Unmatched, um, back then I covered the boxes that were available, which was Battle of Legends, Volume 1, which was like their starter kit. Um, the first box they did as a tie-in with Jurassic Park, because one of the great things about Unmatched is it has all these licensed uh, tie-ins. I also reviewed the Robin Hood versus Bigfoot box and the Bruce Lee box. Um, but today on this podcast, uh, Tom and I uh, had a little play with some of the new boxes. We played Cobble and Fog, which is four Victorian heroes who were all uh, have the shared positive trait of being out of copyright and therefore usable by restoration games. Uh, we played the Buffy the Vampire Slayer box, which has four characters from the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, and uh, a couple of other boxes that I won't reveal uh, just yet because uh, they make for fun reveals later on the podcast. Um, Tom, before we get yes. into it, did you have fun? Yeah, I had a very nice time. Uh, Remains to be seen how much of that was just laughing at how ridiculous this game can be. Uh, But it was good. I had a lovely time. 
I'm really happy to be talking about this game a lot. Um, if you haven't Googled it and don't know what it looks like, I might just um, give the Unmatched Games a little Google before uh, we get into this podcast so you can hold these games in your mind, in your mind's eye, because um, while Unmatched is very stupid and very simple, it's also very pretty and very stylish. And uh, mm. so while Tom and I will mostly be making fun of this game, you need to understand that we're making fun of something so good looking that it, it's almost like we're doing it to make ourselves feel better. If Unmatched was a human and we were making fun of them, um, you would assume that Tom and I uh, were sort of like, we felt bad about ourselves. Um, and yeah. that we were trying to big ourselves up a little bit by making fun of this beautiful person. Yeah, if Unmatched was a human, they'd be hot! Mm, mm, mm. Is basically what you just said. Yeah, no, I, think. I did. Uh, should we get into the game, uh, Tom? Let's wrestle, let's wrestle with it. Let's, let's, ra- let's talk about our matches of Unmatched. Oh, I love it. You're so good at this. So, on Friday, Tom, you came over to my house. I broke open all these lovely unmatched boxes. And uh, what was the first game of Unmatched that we played? The first game of Unmatched we played. Round one was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde versus Bloody Mary in the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Absolutely. Very, very strong start. Uh, So (laughs) the level Hanging Gardens of Babylon comes from uh, Battle of Legends Volume 2, which is a generic grab bag of, of, uh, like, uh, out-of-copyright characters. Um, And now, people at home probably aware of... uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, who I played. And again, now you're seeing, like, the, these aren't warriors, really. Uh, like, they're, and they're not even the greatest. <laughs> like, Unmatched really stretches its uh, its own descri- its description of itself, that this is the greatest hypothetical matches between the greatest warriors ever. Because Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, neither one of which are super famous for being a champion warrior duelist. <laughs> um, but now, Bloody Mary. Uh, people at home probably don't know who she is. And already, we're only in Volume 2 of Battle of Legends, and Restoration Games really do seem to be scraping the bottom of the barrel for warriors who they don't need to pay to use the license for. So who is Bloody Mary, Tom? (laughs) Bloody Mary, I don't know who Bloody Mary is a ghost of, but Bloody Mary is a spooky ghost who appears if you say Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary into a mirror and then boom, there's a ghost and I don't know what she does. I think she just hurts you somehow. She, I think she, I think you die or she appears. It's yeah, it's, it's not, it's like, it's like a campfire ghost story versus a piece of Victorian literature (laughs) in the hanging gardens of Babylon is what we did. But the thing that I found really funny about Bloody Mary in particular was that whilst all the other characters in Battle of Legends volume two are like famous warriors and they're in their sort of warrior pose, like Sun Wukong and Yenenga and Achilles, Bloody Mary is just emerging from a mirror constantly. So whereas the other ones that like they're in a pose ready to fight, it's just like there's always a mirror. I d- how many mirrors are there in the Hanging Gardens of Babylon? Thousands, and they're filled with Bloody Marys. I imagined the. I mean, I took the game very literally because Unmatched has lovely little miniatures of all the heroes that, that you buy. Um, and th- as you say, the miniature was a mirror. So I imagined the mirror kind of floating towards me. Um, yes. Like just, uh, just constantly appearing around a corner, like a sort of David Lynch like chase scene. I think, th- okay, well, we won't spoil it. Um, Bloody Mary defeated my Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, but this was probably the worst game of Unmatched we played on our big Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Te- it just, uh, distresses me how confidently you said, yeah, it was garbage. Um, <laughs> yes. So Unmatched, if you're not aware, is a very... Very, a fantastically simple system. If if we if Tom and I have picked up how good looking it is, it's also very clever. But maybe best of all is how simple Unmatched is, um, and and how much like flexibility and uh, innovation there is within the system, despite the rules being so simple. So when you turn, you get two actions. Either 
you can and you can do any number of actions in any combination. So there's the maneuver action, which means you draw a new card from your deck and you can move your hero and any of their sidekicks around the board. Um, interestingly, if you want to move, you have to draw a card. And if you want to draw a card, you may move, but you don't have to. So that action is kind of a weird timer on the game. You can attack somebody by playing an attack card from your hand, or you can do a scheme, which is like a special event card that comes from your character's deck with a lightning bolt. And in case you haven't figured out already, the thing about Unmatched is that every new character you buy, whether it's Jekyll and Hyde or Bloody Mary, has a miniature, but also their own health dial and their own deck of beautifully illustrated cards, which means no character on match plays like any other character. Um, and so when you buy a new box of legends to fight with, um, you know, it's kind of like unlocking new fighters in a fighting video game. But more importantly, you know that these fighters are going to play nothing like any of the other characters you've got. Yeah. And some of them also have an extra gimmick alongside that. So the gimmicks aren't just contained within the deck. Like, for example, I think it's Alice from Alice in Wonderland has like a being big or being small token that you mm. flip over. And Jekyll and Hyde had exactly can, the same you thing. You can guess what Jekyll and Hyde has. Yes, has exactly the same thing regular regular Jekyll or Freaky Hyde. Yes, um, but what I love about... So uh, this match we played was was kind of awful. Like we just like flung our characters at each other and they bashed one another with cards and then I eventually right. fell over. Um, that is partially because if you don't know your deck and more importantly, if you don't know your opponent's deck, you don't know the range you want to engage them with. You don't know what kind of combos they might be trying to build in their hand. You're really playing absolutely blind. So Tom and I did not have a strategically very interesting experience in this virtual battle. <laughs> However, battles where you take on a new character with a new character are kind of my favorite way to play Unmatched. It feels like you're glutting yourself on weird, crazy ideas and content. Every card that anyone plays is a surprise and like kind of, and sometimes with Bloody Mary, like literally a surprise. So I, for example, um, Tom whomped me immediately with an attack card coming out of Bloody Mary called, uh, oh, called Jump Scare? Which jump scare! Was, jump scare! Which was an absolutely massive attack from the ghost on Jekyll and Hyde, but it only did tons of damage if you didn't start in the same area as me. So Bloody yes. Mary wanted to leap out from around a corner and jump scare! <laughs> and let me tell you, Dr. Jekyll could not handle very many of those. His I think, poor heart. Yeah, no, one of those and I was already like a third on my way to being dead. And that I think that's an even funnier mental image if you do picture Bloody Mary as having a mirror attached at all times. <laughs> this like huge mirror just hooning its way towards you to then terrify the living daylights out of you. But outside of, of those jump scare moments where I just sort of jumped from one end of the board to the other. That was the only real movement we had in that game. Most of the time was just two characters kind of trying to scare each other at a meter's distance. How quickly uh, you forget. We played this two days ago and you've already forgotten the special mechanic in the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, which is there are staircases where if, you, if you're at one end of the staircase attacking downwards with a melee attack, you do one extra damage. Um, so actually, there was kind of a cool thing where Bloody Mary and Dr. Hyde, really, um, were kind of like duking it around the, the Hanging Gardens, always kind of like backing up and trying to get the high ground. Um, this is maybe a good time to mention that the unmatched rule set is actually taken from another older game called Star Wars Epic Duels. Um, and which which was a game about like modeling lightsaber fights, basically. And despite mm. the fact that we were Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde versus Bloody Mary in the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, kind of had the like choreography of a lightsaber fight with us like backing up and trying to claim high ground and twatting one another with big attacks. Kind of. It was mostly just centered around one staircase where Bloody Mary was at the top screeching downwards <laughs> at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did have kind of a cool... Um, time figuring out what was going on with the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, deck. So basically at the start of your turn as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you have to decide who you're going to be. Um, and Dr. Hyde has more powerful attacks, but every time you move Dr. Hyde, Dr. Hyde takes damage. 
So mm. you've got, and then lots of cards can like only be used as one side or the other. And then there's one terrific card in the deck that I really liked called Forever Hide, um, in which you <laughs> throw away any Dr. Jekyll cards in your hand and then do one horrific attack that gets stronger for every Dr. Jekyll card you throw away. So like, just like the, lit- I don't know, like it's, it's, Unmatched plays just hilariously fast and loose with the characters of literature and myth at its disposal, but it felt thematic and kind of cool to be like, no, I'm hide forever now, and then charging yeah, at that- you. Did you manage to do that before you were jump scared no, to death? No, I can't I, remember. I was jump scared to death and then was looking through the deck later and went, oh, that would be cool if I'd have done that. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say, just like in the literature, Dr. Dr. Hyde does more damage when he's in Hyde mode or something like that, which is <laughs> written in the text. Well, th- should we talk... I mean, we've got a way funnier example of that. Should we talk about our second match of Unmatched? Yeah, let's talk about round two. Round two, we had Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Xander mm-hmm. versus Achilles and Patroclus in Herot, which is Beowulf's house, we think. Now, this was great. <laughs> this was It was very good. <laughs> Now, the fun thing here is that me, as like somebody who did not, you know, like, I'm not educated in the classics. I don't know anything about Achilles or Patroclus. Um, so Tom had to had to fill me in on what these cards were references to. Tom had the far greater embarrassing thing of never having seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> um, and so as I played cards that were like Buffy cartwheeling away from Achilles, I'm like, now, that's because Buffy is the Slayer and she has superhuman <laughs> agility. Um, this was, however, a really funny match. So uh, the first match was kind of a bummer, I think, because neither Dr. Jekyll nor Bloody Mary had sidekicks. Um, mm. Whereas Who'd have thought? I know. It's, so they're both kind of like big bruises. Um, and, a, and games of Unmatched where you just put two like singular bruises next to each other tend to be kind of dull. Um, with sidekicks, uh, we were able to get into this weird thing where Xander was like trying to be next to Buffy and be her right man, right hand man. Meanwhile, Patroclus, this is just hilarious. Do you want to talk about how this worked? Patroclus just wanted to die, uh, which I think is probably rooted in something in the Iliad that's, you know, maybe emotional or thematic. But in the game, I was just using Patroclus as a resource to be spent as quickly as possible. When Patroclus dies, Achilles gets a shed load of buffs. And that's great. It means that you now have like a superpowered fighter. And it kind of makes sense. This idea that, oh, my friend slash lover is now dead. I'm going to wreak horrible revenge on this Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Instead, it just ended up me charging Patroclus into battle with the intention of killing him as fast as humanly possible. Lots of Patroclus's attack cards are specifically geared towards this as well, because it's like Patroclus will do damage, but then do damage to himself as well. <laughs> yes, so I was yes. specifically not attacking you and then giving Achilles these kind of narrative blue balls where he wanted to experience the pathos of his friend dying in battle and then he avenges him, but I never killed his friend. And then eventually Achilles dies. Uh, and that was the win for Buffy. Uh, Xander, <laughs> However, got like absolutely shanked in like the opening like minutes of the fight <laughs> and died, which is then really tough. Buffy, I should mention here, um, has the option of coming into battle with Xander or Giles. Um, and she mm, comes from the Buffy pack. The two great heroes. Which, yeah, I mean, I really, I don't know why I picked Xander over Giles. That seems foolish. Um, but yeah, you can also in the Buffy box players, Angel or Spike, both of Buffy's uh, vampire love interests, or uh, Willow, who was my love interest when I was a lonely teenager. So there's TMI for Tom. Yeah, moving swiftly on. Uh, I don't want to move on. This was a cool fight. This was cool. There were d- there were doors. 
Uh, like we, oh, yeah. we were playing in Beowulf's house, which includes a new mechanic of doors, and so Achille and Buffy were closing doors on one another to get in one another's way, which was uh, which was really fun. The whole mechanic with doors is they cost movement to open, but they cost nothing to close. Yes. So why not close the door when you go through it every single time <laughs> and lock Buffy outside in the cold? It was just really. It was like it was a tense. F- it, it, I think this this second game was really evidence of what Unmatched is for, which was like absolutely stupid. Like incredibly dumb. Like flavor interact. <laughs> like Achilles died at the end by Buffy playing the Mr. Pointy card, which is just staking Achilles through the heart, um, which was awesome. There were various cartwheels and jumps from Buffy, which was super cool. Um, you threw spears at me, which was alarming. Um, and then it was really tense, though. That's the thing. Like unmatched. Yes. If uh, sometimes the matches are too quick, which is why I like unmatched. That's the best of three, honestly, which lets you get to know the characters anyway. Um, but we weren't playing a best of three. But we did get like the game. The second game of unmatched was long enough that it started to get really tense. And you, mm-hmm. I think, now got to experience one of the reasons I gave Unmatched such a positive review on Shadow and Sit Down, which is once a match hits about the 10 or 15 minute mark and you're both low on health and you both know each other's character a bit and you start getting cagey and backing off and preparing your hand by maneuvering and like, it starts getting quite tense, doesn't it? Yeah, there's definitely an early game where you feel like you have a bunch of different options at your disposal and you sort of pick whichever ones feel right at the time. But then when you start getting to lower health or when one of your uh, sidekicks dies, when it's just you alone with four HP and you know that one thing could kill you instantly, that's much more exciting when you have, you know, there are these purple cards that have they can be used either in attack or defense. And those become so much more juicy when you're sort of on the ropes. It's like, oh, do I use this now to block potentially a huge hit or do I barrage them with hits now they're nice and close to me? That's where the game got really interesting, I felt, and incredibly funny. Uh, (laughs) Just one of the things that we had fun with was just making, you know, this whole Achilles and Patroclus arc was was great and a huge source of comedy. But then also thinking about all the other possible matchups at the same time was kind of delightful. Being like, ah, oh, you know what we should have done? We should have had Buffy the Vampire Slayer versus like a real traditional vampire such as Dracula. Um, oh, or yeah. like, And then going on, oh, what about Dracula versus Bruce Lee? And so on and so forth. <laughs> and it becomes that like childish impulse of like, who would win in a fight between this person and this person? Let's find out. It's super dumb, but there is a nice edge to it. Like, I don't know. Like, you can talk about who would win in a fight of like a T-Rex versus Robin Hood. But then, like, <laughs> as, a, as a, you know, board game dork, like board game dorks like we are, like Robin Hood's thing is he comes with four merry men. He comes with four sidekicks that really clog up the board. Um, mm. Or And then you start thinking, what if Robin Hood fought, you know, Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Actually, that'd be kind of cool because Angel would have to, <laughs> would Angel go after the Merry Men or not? Because, I mean, you just have to kill Robin Hood to win. But like, there's uh, so much of my joy of Unmatched is just taking two characters that have like different, I think it's it's what people describe in enjoying um, Sentinels of the Multiverse. This kind of mashup of like taking different characters and then just putting them together to see what that kind of play experience is like. It, it right. really feels like a toy box. I think a toy box is probably a very apt term to describe what Unmatched is and what you're buying with it. Because you're buying literal plastic little toys, but also this mechanical toy box of what happens if, you know, we have Dracula versus Spike, you know? Yeah, and I, that definitely feeds into the sort of collectible aspect, which I think we'll get to later. Yes. Where I think we'll sort of like hammer down on Quinn's psyche when it comes to collecting and owning things. But until then, let's talk about round three. Our third game of Unmatched Battle of Legends was Raptors from Jurassic Park 
versus Little Red Riding Hood and the Huntsman at Sunnydale High. This was a great battle. This was It was so good. This was by far like we if Tom and I were playing a best of three, it all came down to this. It all came down to Little Red Riding Hood stalking through the corridors of Sunnydale <laughs> High School, being pursued by three separate raptor miniatures. <laughs> Um, oh, the, the, I remember as if it was yesterday, and it wasn't. It was the day before yesterday. Um, the opening Whew, turn of this praise game. indeed. <laughs> uh, so uh, you very creepily, all the raptors are like st- stacked up at the entrance to the school. You had the first turn. You maneuvered to draw more cards, but didn't move. So there's these three predatory dinosaurs at the entrance to the school. But I'm feeling confident. Um, also, the Huntsman is a ranged character. So um, I charge Red Riding Hood forward. I like the look of my hand. Um, the Huntsman uh, just takes a few steps forward. And then suddenly you played, you did a maneuver and then you played another card that meant the Raptors could pop up. And the Huntsman was surrounded and you managed to kill him with an attack card. That What was the exact name of the attack card? It was called like Eaten Alive or something Eaten like alive. that. Eaten Alive, that was it. Yeah, it was just an absolutely horrific attack that did more damage based on how many raptors were around. So suddenly Red Riding Hood was alone <laughs> and the Huntsman <laughs> was dead. And like, oh, just even that simple decision that Unmatched presents you with of like, do you go after someone's sidekick, which often has less health, and once the sidekick is removed, then a lot of the cards in the deck are dead draws. Or do you just like focusedly whittle mm. away on the main hero because when they die, you win the game. Um, but with the raptors, that's not that, that that decision is taken away from you because you have to kill all three raptors and you want to kill one as quickly as possible because the raptors have so many cards that do more damage if you are surrounded by the other raptors. Yeah, it really did feel like managing a pack in that game. I think that was perhaps almost contrary to like what the core of Unmatched is, where Unmatched is often like two fighters and maybe one sidekick squaring off against each other. I really enjoyed this extra asymmetry of having like, I mean, it was ultimately a 3v2, but the three being, you know, the, this cohesive unit that all works as basically one entity. I felt like you had that positional joy of being able to manipulate the board and block off entrances and use your fighters to get in the way. Mm. But you also had that kind of dueling effect where you had these attacks and defense cards that you were sort of trying to block each other with. It was very satisfying. And I think that the spatial puzzle was more interesting because there were times, you, one of the things that happened early on with this Huntsman thing was the Huntsman was waiting just outside the library, sort of standing guard, and then bam, suddenly there's a raptor one side. Bam, there's another one on the other. My third raptor was blocking the other side to the library, which is where uh, Little Red Riding Hood was. So she was trapped in between two raptors on either side of the library, kind of slowly encroaching in. Very thematic see, now and juicy you're, and you're, silly. You're painting a picture in the heads of our audience, which is why I like Unmatched. Like, I remember feeling self-conscious during our Buffy versus Achilles game that I played a defense card that was called like Cartwheel Kick, and it's basically, it defends a little bit, but then afterwards you get to move Buffy a few spaces. And I was saying to you, Tom, I, I just did a Cartwheel Kick, actually, and then I was like lifting the miniature off the board in a kind of gentle arc to demonstrate <laughs> that Buffy was flying through the air. And I was like... Tom probably thinks I'm a massive dweeb. So it does, it relieves me slightly that you are not immune to the charms of like, ooh, look at this card and board interaction. Ooh, I can imagine this in my head, you know? Oh, it's the best part of games. You know, it's like, it's just the, it's, if you're playing games, 
that are like this, that are thematic and kind of trashy, it's going to be the core of it is kind of having a laugh or having a sort of weirdly tense moment as you put yourself in the imaginative space of what's going on in the board. Yeah, although um, that imaginative space very quickly got very weird because we're not dealing with Little Red Riding Hood as you'd imagine her. We're like... Oh, no, 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 no. They've like tried to... Because Little Red Riding Hood has to be depicted as, in this game, someone who can like go toe-to-toe with like the raptors from Jurassic Park, for example. Um, Go toe-to-toe with Achilles. Or Achilles, yeah. So it's like the all the art show like this weird knifey little girl who's like... Also, there's a whole weird sub-mechanic, which is separate to what I'm talking about now, where like she has a basket mechanic and the things that mm. can... Every card in the Little Red Riding Hood deck either depicts um, a, a wolf pelt, wolf's bane, or a knife. And then other cards that you might play will have effects depending on... What it, what icon is displayed in the top card of your discard pile? So separate from Little Red Riding Hood being depicted as a girl with a knife who will assassinate, you know, any and all comers. <laughs> um, I was playing this bizarre little um, uh, hand management game where I really was incentivized to follow up certain attacks with other attacks, and I was pointing out to Tom, in the interest of fairness, while we were playing that because I wanted more options based on this whole discard pile mechanic. If Little Red Riding Hood had less cards in hand than other characters, that was worse for her disproportionately. So he, uh, Tom was incentivized to keep up keep up pressure and really force me down to no cards because then I would be less effective. I must, but it didn't I, work. It didn't. Wait, did it? Oh, no, because, yeah, I did. Uh, you, you were, what do you mean it didn't work? You were running away from me by the end of the game, searching one raptor sprinting through the halls of this school, <laughs> just drawing cards oh, no. desperately. I meant that my strategy of whittling down your hand did not work. Did my it? raptors were dead as doornails by the end of that game. It was brutal. Yeah. Um, although it was close. You know, we had this, there was a really nice moment where we had this big sort of punch up where we were really burning cards from our hand, having this like fight. And then both of us sort of skirted around the edges of the arena, trying to find a bit of space so that we weren't immediately in the opponent's attack range. And then once we sort of felt we had a fighting chance, leapt in, had a little scuffle, which uh, Red Riding Hood came out on top um, as I tried to eat her with my raptor. The central mechanic in Unmatched of like, you play, an attack, you play an attack card face down and then your opponent may play a defense card face down and then you reveal and then like the number on those cards is like, the number on the attack is lowered by the number on the defense. That always feels terrific to me. It's such mm. a, a thematic and simple and exciting way to depict dueling. And it means Unmatched often has this, this rhythm where two characters with full hands of like five or seven cards will rush towards each other. It'll be attack, defend, attack, defend, attack, defend. And then you'll go down to no cards. And there's this like little negotiation where you're trying to figure out if your opponent still has attack cards, if they still has defense cards. Because if you're holding better cards than your opponent, you want the fight to continue. And if you're not, then you desperately want to run away and start drawing cards again. And that's very difficult if you're playing the way that Tom and I were, which is let's just pick two random decks and mash them <laughs> against each other. Um, but even by the end of our game with Little Red running the Raptors, it's still something you're trying to feel out, even if you're feeling out un- feeling it out unsuccessfully. Yeah, and there's also there's also some like tent poles of all the decks. Like all the decks contain those faint cards, don't they? So there's mm. always an aspect of like, do they have that in their hand? Are they gonna? There, there are sort of static properties to each of the decks that means that you can feel relatively safe sort of playing with any deck but then i guess there's more joy if you sort of drill further into it but then i can't necessarily imagine unmatched being a game where it's like who do you main i main bloody mary these days you know like it's i don't know if it's robust enough as a system to support like that level of 
competition, if that makes sense. I don't know how much depth there is if you were trying to plumb out all the mechanics from each individual fighter. I feel like if you were to play it competitively, certain characters that they've released would absolutely come out as better than other characters. <laughs> it does not feel like, you know, a, a, as hyper-balanced as, you know, a, a fighting video game. Um, but... I I just find, even as we're discussing this and we've gone through all of our matches, I am sat here right now, as you were discussing the match between Little Red Riding Hood and the Raptors, I was thinking, what about uh, Bloody Mary versus the Raptors? You know, like, what about Achilles and Patroclus versus Jekyll and Hyde? Like, and we opened four unmatched boxes, but we're describing, you know, these three matches to play with six characters. There were so many characters we didn't play with. We had the option of playing with, you know, Dracula or the Invisible Man or Sherlock Holmes from the Cobble and Smog Pack. There's the um, uh, the monkey god, uh, Sun Wukong. Sun Wukong. Yep, uh, yeah. who comes in Battle of Legends Volume 2. There were tons of characters in the Buffy set we didn't uh, open. There was Beowulf, who we haven't tried. And, like, <laughs> you know, this can be combined with all the characters from the original boxes. Um, I should also mention now that there's an avalanche of Marvel characters coming out for Unmatched. They've signed a really big uh, deal with um, Marvel. So there are five boxes that are currently on the slate as to be released in the next year or two with a total of 12 superheroes coming out, including Squirrel Girl. Um, there's another Jurassic, Park, <laughs> another Jurassic Park box coming out that includes a T-Rex, the first unmatched miniature that spraddles over two spaces rather than one. And then this morning, as we were preparing for this podcast, I saw that they've announced a box titled Unmatched Houdini versus the Genie. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's... What? It just makes me smile. And like, Houdini I smile... Houdini versus Sun Wukong. Oh, oh my goodness. Houdini versus Achilles. Achilles is very good for like, um, for, for making comedy matchups, I think. And, and <laughs> yeah, then, of absolutely. Course, any Marvel, any unmatched box you buy comes with its own match. So just like you're playing Super Smash Brothers, you can, you know, fight in... You get this increasingly varied and stupid array of, of boards. I've got Sherwood Forest and uh, Death Valley. That's that, like buying goodness. the... Robin Hood versus um, uh, uh, Bigfoot box is good for good for getting some stupid levels. Yes, there was Bigfoot. We didn't even touch Bigfoot. Bigfoot's great. Bigfoot just lamps you and then disappears. Um, Bigfoot's whole <laughs> Bigfoot thing is... Bigfoot versus Sherlock Holmes. As oh, a, my goodness. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, I think, is all about predicting the card that your opponent is about to play. And if you're right, Sherlock is like, aha, I have already avoided it. Whereas Bigfoot's <laughs> thing is that Bigfoot as a cryptid is very hard to find. But also, it's Bigfoot. <laughs> so Bigfoot's thing is showing up, leathering you with a club, and then disappearing appearing to the other side of the board which is um bigfoot versus the raptors from jurassic park would probably be really fun actually with the raptors trying to surround something that's vanishing all the time ah oh, see this is ah oh, this is why i like unmatched it's like it's dumb but then i come away from it and then there's this like game designy aftertaste where i'm like just still thinking about it and it's, right it's even in that crap game we had of like Jek not even crap but slightly underwhelming game of jekyll and hyde versus bloody mary um like, I had fun. Like, it wasn't necessarily satisfying, but, like, we were giggling and laughing and thinking the entire time, and then it was over, and then we played again. Yeah. I, but basically, I think I'm I'm talking about this so much because after doing the video review, um, but let's get into our big question of this podcast now. Um, so after I released my positive video review of Unmatched on um, the Shut Up It's Down YouTube channel, um, I came across a point that I think was mentioned on the excellent Board Game Barrage podcast, where they raise the question of games like Sentinels of the Multiverse or Unmatched, where there's lots of expansions that you play with lots of characters. Um, how much of, you know, the thrill of that is the actual game? And how much of the thrill is just the thrill of being a collector, of putting a new box next to all the other boxes you've got from that um, range of games and, uh, and then being excited to 
to play, but that excitement being tinted by your attitude as a collector. You know, I will say mm. now that, you know, inviting Tom over to play Unmatched was exciting for me, you know, partially because I wanted to play Unmatched, but partially because I would get to play with these with this new expanded collection of Unmatched heroes that I've got. So we wanted to, on this podcast, kind of investigate, interrogate, really, my original review on Match and say... How much of it was this uh, was me was the unspoken thing that I was partially giving this game a positive review because I was really excited to collect all the cool little heroes. <laughs> I think almost all that we've talked about on this podcast is rooted in this idea of novelty and of new things and of experiencing like what's in a box for the first time, which in you know in and of itself is so tied to like the thrill of of collecting stuff. But I think that Unmatched obviously knows what it is. It is a system that is designed to be as elastic as possible so you can introduce these weird elements and not break it. Yeah. You know, that central system is really simple and easy to understand so you can do weird things to it. But I think coming away from that Unmatched and not owning a single one of these games, I'm really glad that you own it. And I'm really glad that you own all these different boxes, all these different fighters, so that if I ever fancy a game of it, we can just do whatever we want. But personally, it's like, I don't know how much I'm rushing in to play with that system again, so much as I'm rushing in to play with the weird new characters in it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think you had to put up with me on the day when we played all these Unmatched games, which by the way, I say the day, it, it, all those games, those fun kind of games we had and assembling all the new characters just dials and stuff that was maybe two hours of playing like we really can't yeah. overstate how fast and breezy this game is which i think is a good <laughs> thing um but i do find myself like f unmatched is very close to a game i really love like this the the foundational elements of it of drawing cards into your hand and playing attack and defense cards and, and like dueling and duking across a map and moving around it and and like that real sense of a duel when the game is at its most duly i'm like this is the greatest game ever made but it's it's not quite that it's too light it's too fluffy it's not balanced enough the matches often like sort of just it you push two characters towards each other and they whack each other and then the match is over um it is not the rich or superbly complex game that i wish that it was in an ideal universe i think there's so much potential in the systems of unmatched that don't get quite realized and instead we have this like weird like birthday cakey vibe of just like mashing action figures at each other and it's fine it's fun but like my goodness i would love to see these systems be evolved upon in another game i think that those problems are actually maybe rooted in the game's length where you've said that it's too short and i definitely agree like the first couple of games it didn't feel like we really had a chance to flex the move sets that we were given mm. so even then i think that unmatched might not even be the ideal system to contain these like weird characters like i've said it's sort of you know it's elastic and it's 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 a it's designed to have people sort of play in it but at the same time i feel like you don't get enough of a chance to do anything particularly weird or crazy that isn't sort of always going to happen if that makes sense like yeah. the raptors are always going to try and surround you i think that's what i find maybe a little bit strange about unmatched is that all the characters play differently but they have a very strict play style that's very easy to grok almost immediately so that once you have played you know bloody mary once maybe twice there's not much of a reason to go back because the systems aren't necessarily hugely exciting on their own i will push back on that a bit because there is some advanced play in unmatched like something that you would not know until you played bloody mary at least twice is the ability to draw your hand of cards that starting hand of five cards which is so important and look at it and say 
this is not me at my... Like, if you think about the characters in terms of damage per second, you might draw a hand of Bloody Mary cards and be like, ooh, there's some defensive stuff in here and there's some situational stuff. But this... If we get into a proper brawl of I attack, I attack, and then my opponent attacks, attacks, then my turn, I attack and I attack. Like... I will not do as much damage as my opponent, probably. Which right, means instead, right. rather than doing what you and I did in every game, which was like, draw cards <laughs> and run towards each other. If you've played a character twice, you might draw your starting hand and go like, mm, mm, no, don't like this. And instead start the game by maneuvering away from your opponent and drawing more cards until you like your hand of cards and then going in for an attack. Um, but then if you see your opponent running away, then maybe that's a sign to you that you should really pressure them. But then you've got this kind of rock, paper, scissors system, because if you spend your entire turn charging towards your enemy to close the distance, then suddenly it's their turn and they can just start hitting you. So mm. choosing to be the aggressor and unmatched tends to put you on the back foot. So on a, in a very, like, on, the game at its most high level is this question of, is my hand likely, is my hand right now, I think, better than my opponent? And if so, am I willing to charge in and suffer that tempo loss? Right. Um, and you have to know a deck a little bit before you can start playing on that high level. However, that's me being incredibly generous to a game that is mostly just playing silly cards and looking at silly interactions. It's it's turbo popcorn game. And I think that there's a thing where I think it fulfills what it needs to do perfectly. And I really like the fact that it's like lots of smaller boxes so you can expand that experience if you do get a lot out of the system. And I think this is a really good system for like people newish to games as well. It's so quick and it's so like thematic that it will get its hooks in sort of anyone you show it to i think but i've been playing a absolute bunch of undaunted recently i just can't kind of stop myself because the reinforcements box arrived and there's like new stuff to mess around with and i just think that like would i take you know the the probably hundreds of pounds you'd have to spend to collect all the unmatched stuff over just the base box of undaunted and it's an open and shut case yeah i'll take those dry soldiers anytime 100 percent. although i would argue that the only thing that these games have in common is they both have un in the title and therefore that's mean and rude um you do dueling you do kind of it is a two-player tense dueling it's got game. two two player it's uh they both got achilles yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> they, well, they both got bloody mary uh that's not true world war ii did have a lot of blood but and probably some mary's but you're, you're getting confused about history again Tom. never Listen, the twain shall meet the thing i like about unmatched is that as far as you know deeply collect collectible games go. Um, it's nice to have a collectible game where you can always play with just one box and only ever gets better with any additional box you choose to buy. Like the flexibility in this system is terrific. Like maybe, you know, you know your friends into like Sherlock Holmes, so you buy them the Cobble and Smog box. The Cobble and Smog box has four characters. That's like one, two, three, mm. four, five. That's six different matchups just in one box. And that's just unmatched as a 30 pound game. And if you're then into, if your friend happens to like Victorian stuff and I don't know, like Marvel superheroes or Squirrel Girl or whoever, then you buy that box. And it's like, you know, it's, it, anything can be mixed and matched with anything and if you pick stuff that's like tonally discordant that only makes it more fun and i guess in yeah you know you're comparing this to undaunted and that's your prerogative even though i think it's not a useful analogy <laughs> but if, if i was to compare it to like they both have cards the other good collectible miniatures game that i own which is like the x-wing miniatures game there's a very mm. you like you need to spend a certain amount on that system before you can start having proper games and you know, what you buy is limited by what you have already. And Unmatched, it's nice to just have a completely plug-and-play, mix-and-match nonsense, you know, collectible game. 
yeah, it's so inviting. And I think that can't be like, you know, undersold as a, as a quality is that it is so like malleable. And like, I was thinking about like other games where the, one of the big joys is experimenting with stuff. And I keep thinking about Root, obviously completely different game, but like one of the questions that you raise in your review is like, do you have a box here that's like tactically satisfying in and of itself or is the joy like you know seeing what matches you can do and how they work against each other and it's a bit of column a bit of column b in that game but i just think like the idea of teaching root to anyone is like naturally quite scary whereas unmatched you really probably could teach it to anyone and they would have a fun time the thing uh, i uh, this is a maybe a weird note to end on but i think it to me summarizes what is genuinely amazing about unmatched um but i was drinking with my friend rob and we ended up in a pub at the end of the night and we were like I don't drink much anymore, but we were really quite drunk. We'd had like, you know, three or four pints of beer at this point. And he was like, didn't you bring a board game? And I was like, oh yeah. And I brought it unmatched. And we played um, like, I think, it, oh, what did we play? I'll see if I can remember. Uh, Alice in Wonderland versus Robin Hood, I think. And we played it in a pub and we were both drunk. And despite that, I taught it in like four minutes. And we had, <laughs> we were playing in this room with like sticky tables and almost no light. And we just had a great time. Like it was, it was the fact that you can have a board game that's so thematic and so simple and so like impressive in all these weird little unexpected design ways. I don't know. Mm. It fills a unique role in my collection. And I am genuinely excited to, to get new boxes for it when they come out. I can see it. You can see it, and you will forever it. question it slightly, but still contentedly play Games of Unmatched at my house. Absolutely. Let me know when the next box is out, because I want to play some more! That is the end of an unusually specific episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. We just talked about Unmatched for a while. Hope you like it, and if you didn't, you should probably have skipped it. But you'd have known that, <laughs> well, you wouldn't be listening. Wow, I've really, really made a meal of this. Thanks for listening, people at home. Just say, I appreciate you say very much. Thanks more. Just really thank him. Keep thanking him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank you kindly. Thank you much, Lee. You somehow please and thank you. I've never and sweet heard somebody mess up saying thanks so much. Just say to the audience, "Hey, you listening to this? Thank you so much." But oh, that sounds sarcastic, doesn't it? It does. It does. Oh. I was. You started with a hey, and I was like, "Hey, hey, you, you. Thanks for listening to a podcast." No way. Never mind. Bye. Bye. God, this is like, it's hard to tell what we're worse at, playing unmatched or recording. <laughs> <laughs>